Psalm chapter 40 and verse 4, let's read it together. The Word of God says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. We need your, your wisdom. We need you to teach us what these words mean and how to apply them to our lives. We desire to be blessed. Oh, how we need your blessing. And I pray that through our theme this year and through your word, you would teach us how we could be blessed. And with your help and grace, we'd be able to walk in the way of blessing. I pray you'd give me the words to say, give us ears to hear as we strive to be like you. We ask that your blessings could be poured upon us in such beautiful and substantial ways so that the world will know that we belong to you and that you are the true God. Give us wisdom this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may, may be seated. This is our theme verse for the year, Psalm chapter 40, verse 4. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. In an upcoming message, we will delve into the deeper meanings of this entire verse. But this morning, I want to just focus on that first word, blessed. Blessed. Some people say blessed, and some people say blessed. Uh, I, I like both ways of saying it. I think in some ways it's, uh, I love that, the emphatic, blessed is the man. And then sometimes you are blessed. I wouldn't say, I am blessed. I'd say, I am blessed. But blessed is the man. And so, such a, a beautiful word. Every believer wants to be blessed. But first, you've got to know what a blessing is. If I were to ask you today, what is a blessing? I wonder what answer you would give. Furthermore, how do we get them? You can't go down to Walmart and buy blessings. You can't go to the CVS or Walgreens and pull in for a prescription for blessings. So we want them, but what are they and how do we get them? And in this message today, we're going to learn some powerful truths that'll start us on the journey of increased blessings, starting with what is blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? The word blessed is used 302 times in the King James Bible. It's an important concept. God wants you to know what it means. The concept of being blessed is found all throughout the scriptures, from the Old Testament through to the New Testament. I think everyone understands that being blessed is, we understand instinctively that it's a good thing. Whatever it means to be blessed, I know it's good, right? And I know that I want it. But what exactly does it mean to be blessed? And in this verse, we're going to give you an introduction to this concept of blessed, and we're going to show you exactly what it means to be blessed, what kind of blessings there are in the Bible, and a start to take the first steps down that road of blessing. 
There are two types of blessing in the Bible that we'll discuss this year. The first is we can be blessed by God. We can be blessed by God. And this blessing is an act of God conferring some good to persons, places, actions, or things. That's important. People can be blessed. Places can be blessed. I believe our church is blessed. This location is blessed. Technically, the church is the people. This building is blessed. This, this corner, this location is blessed. Actions can be blessed. God can bless your attempts, your efforts, and things can be blessed. So the first type of blessing is when God blesses something. The second type of blessing is when man blesses something. So when God blesses, it is God conferring some good on a person, place, action, or thing. When a man blesses, it is actually an appeal for God to bless you. See, we've only got so much power. We've only got so much strength. And if I gave you $20, how many of that would be a blessing this morning? If I gave you $20, maybe I'll do that someday. And uh, not today. How many of you would be a blessing if someone gives you a kind word? So there are actions where the actions or activities of another can improve our lives in some way. That is a type of blessing that man can give. But then there's also the type of blessing where we are asking God to bless you. So whenever we literally say, God bless you, what are we saying? We're saying we're asking God to do something good for you. Whatever this thing called blessing is, do it to that person. Uh, and we often say in American culture, God bless you. And hopefully we know what it says and we, we say it sincerely. We know what it means. This, this appeal for God to bless, it's the desire of good wishes or God's favor upon a person, place, action, or thing. So, for example, I can pray for God to bless your family. And that's me asking God to do something special for you. You can pray for God to bless me and my family, and I hope you do. But that's you asking God to do something. So, you see... We have God who blesses, and we have men who can do these small blessings that are, are meaningful, but we can appeal to the Almighty to give blessings. We can be blessed by God. We can be blessed by men. When you study the Bible, blessings are like precious jewels in the kingdom of God. Today, gold, silver, diamonds, rubies. Oh, wouldn't you like to have some of those things? I've only got three or four gold bullion right now. I wish I had more. And uh, no, I don't have any gold bullion. I'm not like that guy that had gold sewed into his uh, sports coat. Uh, that politician there, he didn't trust banks. So uh, that's where we all keep our gold bars, isn't it? And uh, uh, most of us don't have a lot of those things. Hopefully you've got a nice piece of jewelry here, there. You've got, you've got a few nice things. But man, gold and silver and precious stones, those are valuable. Blessings are like the precious jewels 
of the Christian life. It's like God coming to you and saying, hey, I got you that diamond tennis bracelet, 25 carats of diamonds wrapped in white gold. God won't come to you and probably give you a bracelet if he does. I know a good pawn shop. We can go together. It, uh, but what God does do is come to you and give you things that money can't buy. You can't get them anywhere else. They're the precious jewels in the kingdom of God. God's blessings can be sought, we find in the scriptures. You can seek them. If you want more blessings, there is a way for you to get them by seeking them. <clears throat> God's blessings can be promised. You'll find in the Bible that God promises blessings in different situations. God's blessings can be conferred or transferred. That means God not only promises blessings, but he has the power to fulfill that promise and actually bless you in ways that you can only imagine, and sometimes you can't imagine. Sometimes God will do above what you ask or think. Those are the blessings of God. And blessings can be received. If you, knew this, if you knew this year, in 2024, that you could seek more of God's blessings and you would find them, wouldn't that encourage you this morning? Well, the truth is the Bible says, seek and ye shall find. Absolutely. We're so quick to want the world's blessings. We want the fame of men. We want the fortune. Oh, if I could just win the lottery. Oh, if I could just get that promotion. Oh, if I could just get that house or that car, then I'd be happy. Oh, if I could just get this thing. If, if my life would just do this, then I would be happy. Have you figured out yet that the things of this world don't bring you lasting happiness? They'll bring you happiness for a while. But how many times have we, oh, we pined over something. I need it. I want it. We spend the money, and then like a week later, we're done with it. Like, it doesn't even have its, why do I even need this thing? I don't, I don't even use it anymore. Next thing you know, it's in the garage sale. That's the human nature. We so desperately want all the wrong things. But what if we could turn that passion, what if we could turn that drive into the blessings of God? What if we woke up every morning and said, Oh, God, I need your blessings. I need you to bless me, Father. What if he did? What would your life look like if God blessed you over and over and over? Now, the truth is, God blesses us every day. We're going to talk about that. But I'm talking about the unusual blessings of God. How long do blessings last? There's two types of blessings in the Bible. Temporal blessings... These blessings improve our lives on earth. And thank God for those. I would say good health is a blessing. Wouldn't you? We've got several folks out sick today. Pray for our brother Bill Berg in the hospital. We mentioned him during Sunday school. He's had a fantastic recovery from cancer surgery, but he was sick last week, and they found that he's got some pockets of infection around the cancer site. He's been in the hospital all weekend, and looking to have procedure done tomorrow. We're praying, Tamara, for, for you and your husband. And uh, he'd like to be here today. 
He'd like to be home sleeping in his own bed. Why is it that we only appreciate health when we lose it? You appreciate it every day. The temporal blessings. My family is a blessing. I thank God for my wife. What a good woman she is. And I'm grateful. She could make my life so difficult. But she's a wonderful Christian woman. I think about my kids. My kids are a blessing. They enrich my life, and I'm so thankful to have them in my lives. What about our church? Having a good church to go to in your community is a blessing. We've got people that come to church here that drive over an hour to get to church. Praise God for that. We've got places, people watching today, they don't have a good church where they can go to within driving distance of their house around the nation. Do we appreciate the, the temporal blessings of God? The food, the shelter, the clothing, all of these things, they improve our lives on earth, but they're temporal. Opportunities, jobs, and so on. But then there are some blessings that are eternal. These blessings last forever. Now, if you had to choose between an eternal blessing and a temporal blessing, choose the eternal. It's far better. I don't know if you know this, but eternity is longer than you, your life here on earth, right? Choose that. The good news is God can give you both at the same time. God says, hey, I've got blessings right now that will improve your life today. And I've got blessings for you that a million years from now, you'll still be rejoicing in what happened in that moment. These are the blessings of God. We'll discuss all of those concepts in depth later. We're giving you an introduction to this concept of of blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? What are blessings? What does the word bless mean? Let's dig into a little bit this morning and find out when God blesses us, what does that mean? That word is actually a, a complex word with a lot of definitions based upon the concept. To bless someone, according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, it can mean to pronounce a wish of happiness to someone. Oh, bless you. Down south, they say, bless your heart. Now, they don't usually mean it in a good way. It's kind of like saying, oh, you dumb fool. Oh, bless your heart. There's some up, at least up north in the northeast, if someone doesn't like you, they usually tell you to your face. Amen? Down south, they'll be like, you're so sweet, darling. I just love you. You're so, and as soon as you walk away, I can't stand that person. That's terrible. And, uh, but to, to bless can be to have a, a pronouncement of happiness to somebody. Uh, it can mean to make happy, to make successful, to bless. It can mean to make happy in a future life. Revelations 14 says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. The people in heaven right now have it better than we do here on earth. Would you agree with that? Of course they do. They're blessed. Uh, to bless can mean to consecrate by prayer. When we bless our food, we are consecrating, we're dedicating this food to God rather than just eating it without thought of where, the, where it came from, who the ultimate giver is. When we bow our heads and pray before we eat, we're consecrating the food and we are 
recognizing who it came from. We're asking God to bless it. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus took the five loaves and two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and then he broke them. My pastor used to say, I've never seen a pig bow his head and pray before he eats. We grew up in the country, and so I used to have to slop the hogs sometimes. They don't have very good manners. And uh, the preacher was trying to encourage all of us, says, hey, we know better. We know better. When you sit down and eat, give some thanks to God. And I think that's a good practice. To bless can mean to praise, to glorify for benefits received. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not his benefits, the scripture talks about. We are praising God. We're magnifying God for his benefits toward us. That is praise. To praise can mean to esteem or to account happy. Uh, and so you see, and there's even more, you can see that the word bless has a lot of meanings. That's why I try not to just pray, Lord, bless Bob, bless Steve, bless, bless Jane, bless... Well, bless how? Now, I still pray that way, but I try not to let that be the bulk of my prayers. I want to pray specifically. Lord, help Bob find a job. Lord, help Jan uh, with her cancer surgery coming up. Lord, help... See how you get specific. And God can work in all of these ways. A blesser is one that blesses. A blessing is something that makes happy, that uh, <clears throat> gives some good, any means of happiness, a gift, a benefit, advantage. So what is a blessing? What does it mean to be blessed? I'll give you two primary meanings this morning in Scripture. In the Scripture, blessed can mean usually one of two things. Number one, it means to be praised or magnified. As in, blessed be the Most High God. We are praising and magnifying God. Let me show you some Scriptures. Look at Psalm chapter 113. We use our Bibles a little bit this morning, as always. Psalm chapter 113. Now, this message has a long introduction and a really short uh, message. Psalm 113. Look at verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So what are we doing? We're doing some praise in here, aren't we? Look at verse 2. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. So blessed here has to do with we're praising. We are magnifying. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So number one, the word blessed in Scripture can mean to praise, to magnify, to bless. 
Blessed be the Lord. Oftentimes in the scripture, when you see the phrase blessed be, it most often is talking about God. Now, sometimes it talks about people, but most often it's talking about God because we're praising God. Now, the second way that blessed can be used in the scripture is the way that we're going to talk about it a lot this year. So blessed can mean a gift, a benefit, or an advantage that makes one happy and prosperous. A blessing is a gift, a benefit, or advantage that makes one happy or prosperous. So for example, the Bible says, blessed is the man. What does that mean? This is a man who's been given some gift, some benefit, or some advantage that makes him happy and prosperous. Now, how many of you would like to be happy and prosperous? So God says, I have the ability to give you gifts, benefits, and advantages that will make you more happy and more prosperous. Lord, I need a bunch of those. These are called blessings. Synonyms for this kind of blessing in the Bible are words like favor. Favor. How many of you would like to have God's favor? So what does that mean? We're going to learn about it. But it means God looks upon you positively. He favors you. It's like we are all God's special children. We're all God's favorite. God can favor us. Another synonym for this kind of blessing is the word abundance. How many of you could use some abundance? Boy, bills are getting tight. I go to the grocery store every week. My kids watch me pay the bill. They're like, how can that much cost, that many groceries cost that much money? There's a lot of reasons for it, but I think two important reasons are number one, a lot of government officials are very foolish with our money. And number two, I believe God is judging America as America's leadership is turning away from God. And the good news is, I just read about the ten plagues in Egypt through my Bible reading this past week. Uh, and Pharaoh was such a weird guy, wasn't he? I mean, how many times, how many times does it take? Even his own people are like, don't you know that Egypt is destroyed? There's nothing left. But God hardened his heart. He knew God knew he wouldn't give in. So God said, all right, I'm going to use you as a platform to show my glory. What's really interesting is I wish I had time to preach it, but uh, I think the Lord's got other things on the schedule. The Bible says that God pronounced judgment upon all the gods of Egypt. And every plague was a judgment upon some God that the Egyptians revered. So God proving that he was the almighty God to the Egyptians. Took him a long time to get it. Boy, God can give us abundance. How long is it going to take for us to get that, man, we don't have to suffer, we don't have to struggle. And as God is judging America the the thing I loved about that story when I read it this time was the land of Goshen where the Israelites lived they were protected from the judgment upon everyone else God brought supernatural darkness upon 
the land, but in the land of Goshen they had life. And so we can trust the Lord through these things, but hey, how would you like to have some abundance during difficult times? We need that. Another synonym for this kind of blessing is joy. Oh, don't we need joy? Everybody's running to and fro, so much pressure, so much finances, so much to do, so many expectations, so little sleep. We worry about our families and different things and what's going to happen and oh, how much we could just use some joy. Blessing equals joy. The synonym. What about power? You want spiritual power to win your lost loved ones? You want spiritual power to be able to affect the lives? You want spiritual power to be able to let go of what's the, the sins that so easily beset you and live for God? This is blessing. All of these things. Blessing can take the shape of all of these things. Let me give you this statement about blessing. Blessing is the favor of God expressed as power, increase, protection, or joy. It's the favor of God expressed as power, increase, protection, and joy. I need some of that. I need a whole lot of that. How many of you would like God to bless your marriages? How many of you would like God to bless your children, bless your family, bless your home? How many of you want God to bless your mind, your own heart, your own thoughts, your own feelings? See, folks, God's blessing can, it's a good conferred upon any person, place, activity, or thing. Because we have an almighty God, he can confer these blessings in any way he chooses, sometimes with multiples, sometimes in a singular way. Let's look at a few verses where this form of the word is used. Look at Psalm chapter 112. Psalm 112. And look what the scripture says. Praise ye the Lord, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and delighteth greatly in his commandments. Oh, isn't that a blessing? When I say, isn't that a blessing, what does that mean? Isn't that something good that God wants to do for us? See, blessed is the man. What does that mean? It's a good conferred from God. It's God blessing the person who fulfills these conditions. This person may get power, they may get abundance, they may get protection, they may get joy, they may get extra grace, but they, th these blessings come upon, God says, I am going to single out the man that fears me and delights in my commandments. And what you're going to get this year is really a to-do list of how to be blessed by God. You can put those on your list. We'll go into it more deeply later. Do you fear the Lord? It's not a, oh, no, I'm afraid of God. It's, I'm afraid to disrespect him because I know who he is. 
It's a reverence. And it's an I'm afraid to disobey him because I know who he is. God will chastise his children. He will. I've been there. Many of you have been there. God's got a big paddle. He knows right where to put it. But he does that out of love. But when you fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of blessing. And then look at the next phrase there. And delighteth greatly in his commandments. It's a sad thing that the average Christian I talk to looks at God's commandments as constrictive instead of constructive. If you look at God's word as if he's being mean to you, you're not in the place of blessing. If you look at the things God says, don't do that, and you say, oh, God, just keep me from fun. Oh, God says to do this. Oh, God's so hard, man. It's just so hard to serve God. Uh. No, what's really hard is to serve the devil. God is gracious and long-suffering and kind and merciful and just. The devil is a, a liar and a murderer and a destroyer. And one of the ways you get in the place of blessing is you say, Wow, God. These commandments make a lot of sense. And I'm glad you love me enough to tell me the truth about myself and the world. And I'm not going to fight against you. I'm going to submit myself to you. And Lord, with your strength and power, I'll do everything you tell me to do. This is a good book. You don't have to ruin your life before you look at a verse and say, yeah, that was true. You can look at it now and say, yeah, I don't. God says not to do that. I'm not doing it. God says do that. I'm going to do it. Why? I delight greatly in his commandments. Do you see how this works? Blessed is the man. Strength, increase, power, protection to the man that feareth the Lord and delighteth greatly in his commandments. John chapter 20, verse 29 Jesus said unto Thomas, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Amen? We are blessed. I would have loved to live during the time of Jesus. I would have loved to shake in his hand and, and hugged him and, and heard his words myself. But Jesus said, Listen, you are blessed if you believe in me having never seen me. We have gifts and privileges that the apostles never had. Blessed are they. Let me give you three quick thoughts. We'll go to the house. Number one, I'm not going to belabor any of these because they're self-evident. Number one, God loves to bless people. Did you know God doesn't grudgingly bless people? He loves to do it. God up in heaven would love to bless you right now. He's got more for you. He's got more for me. He's got more for my family. He's got more for our church. 
God is not stingy with blessings. He wants to bless us. He's like a father that, that just loves to bless the children. Every parent has probably had a time in, when their children are, are small and maybe even when they're adults where your children are having a hard time and you're just like, in your heart and your mind, you're like, please, please just get this. Please stop. Please get this. I've got, maybe you were going to take them to an amusement park. Maybe you had something fun planned. And they decide that moment, you're getting ready to walk out the door. They decide that moment to, to just be rebellious. You're like, oh, please. Please, I've got, I've got so much. We, I've got so much planned today. Please, please stop. Please. And, and sometimes you, you say that, and sometimes you're just like, if you don't stop, we're not leaving. We're not going. You don't stop this. And by the way, don't say that unless you mean it. And sometimes in order to teach a lesson, you have to forego some nice thing planned. But the, the parent's heart is, oh, please, please don't do this now. Please. And that, that's the heart of God. God says, listen, I've got some things planned for you, but we're not going if you're doing that. We're not going if you're, if you're doing that. And the heart of God is like, just, can you just please, trust me, just get this. I want to give this to you. And we as rebellious children oftentimes block God's blessings. But He is the great giver. He loves to bless people. All the way back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, and God blessed them. One of His first acts to Adam and Eve was the Almighty saying, Adam and Eve, I'm blessing you. I'm giving you these amazing gifts that money can't buy. God's the divine blesser. Number two, we love to receive blessings. Do you agree with that? I think that's self-evident. Do I need to show you a bunch of Bible verses to prove to you that you like getting things? No, it's self-evident. We love to get things. Matter of fact, God has to try to teach us that it's better to give than to receive. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, he said it's better to give than to receive. And there's a lot of people that still haven't learned that lesson because we love to give so much. So very short message, long introduction, short message. You'd say they're both the same thing. Work with me, folks. Work with me. And uh, number one, God loves to bless people. Number two, we love to receive blessings. But here's number three. This is the key that unlocks all the doors. God's best blessings are conditional. God's best blessings are conditional. There's two kinds of blessings that God gives us. Number one is unconditional. And I've got a list here. We won't take time to go through them. But think about life. You didn't do anything to exist. God chose you to be. He chose your consciousness, your soul to be here. And at, at the moment of conception... God created this new being with its own DNA that would grow into its own eternal soul. That's you. You didn't do anything for that. Life is one of the biggest blessings there is. And not only do you get life in this life, but you were given an eternal soul and you did nothing to earn it. The beautiful earth is provided as our temporary home. What a gorgeous world we live in. We didn't do anything to earn that. Life-sustaining rain. Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. There are certain things that are unconditional. 
but God's best blessings are conditional. Let me show you a powerful verse, Deuteronomy chapter 30. We'll dive into this again deeper at a later time, but we're just giving this introduction of this concept, blessed. I want to whet your appetite for everything we're going to learn and look into. I wouldn't miss a morning service this year. I mean, I just wouldn't do it. Deuteronomy chapter 30, God gives a powerful, powerful instruction here about the ways of blessing and cursing. And then he goes into great detail describing what both of those paths look like. But look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. God says, I call heaven and earth to record against you this day. He's calling heaven and earth as witnesses. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose what? Life. That both thou and thy seed may live. You see the heart of God? He says, listen, you're at a, you're at a fork in the road, Israel. You're at a fork in the road, believer. You've got the road of blessing ahead of you. You walk down this road, there are blessings upon blessings. It just gets better and better. God is so good. But listen, you take that other path, that's the place of cursing. It's only death. It's only pain. It's only suffering. And God says, I'm calling heaven and earth to record against you today. I have set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. You see the heart of God? Please, just don't be foolish. Please, choose life. Why? He says, choose a life that both thou and thy seed may live. When you choose life, when you choose blessing, it doesn't just improve your life and your eternity. <coughs> it improves your family's life and their eternity. It improves everyone your life touches. And then verse 20 says that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life. So you can boil down the path of blessing to one thing. Love God. Cleave to him. He is the blesser. There is no blessing outside of him. And God says, please, Choose life. We're going to learn what these, what these conditional blessings are. God says, if you want to be blessed, do this. If you want to be blessed, don't do this. But most of all, cleave to God and follow Him. The most obvious example of conditional blessing is that of salvation. God says, listen, everybody who's ever lived is a sinner. Everybody on the, that's ever breathed the breath of life other than Jesus Christ has been tainted by sin. Adam and Eve sinned against God. Their sin passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We choose to disobey God. That creates a sin debt. God says, I can't let you into heaven with these things called sins. Those sins cry out for punishment, for justice. And God says, I have to judge those sins. There's this terrible place called hell that was made for the devil and his angels. And if you choose to die in your sin... If you choose to 
to hold on to your sin and pride and arrogance like the, the devil did, then you have to go to that terrible place that I originally made for the devil, this place of fire and torment called hell. You die in your sin. But God says again, the pleading heart of God says, I've done everything I can to get you to heaven. I've even sacrificed myself. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay for our sin, was buried and rose again. And on the cross, he paid for every sin that anyone had ever committed. Before he gave up the ghost on the cross, he, he cried, It is finished. The debt is paid. He gave up the ghost, life surrendering to death, the creator surrendering to his creation. They put his cold, dead body in a grave for three days. Three days later, up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He rose again to show us that he did have power over death. He did have power over hell. And he had the power to keep his promise of salvation. And anybody who ever will come before God and admit their sin... claim Jesus as their Savior in their heart. Believe in their heart. The gospel story. The Bible says they shall be saved. But not without faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everybody could go to heaven. Is that what it says? No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, God says, if you want to go to heaven, you've got to trust me. God's best blessings are always conditional. And so we're going to give you a pattern this year on how to be blessed. Do you want God's favor? Do you need God's abundance? Would you like more grace? Could you use God's protection? Do you want overflowing joy? Then we need God's blessings, don't we? And by God's grace, at the end of this year, we'll be able to all say together, I am truly blessed. Amen. Father, we thank you for what we've heard from your word today. These verses are powerful. The truths are powerful. And I pray that you would ignite a desire in each one of us for these blessings. Help the, the promises of the world to fade. Let the hold that the world has upon our flesh weaken as we live for you, desperately seeking your favor. We're grateful for every unconditional blessing you give us. You are truly generous and kind. But there's so much more that you have to give. And I pray that we would learn what you expect 
and by your grace fulfill these conditions of obedience so that we can have your best. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. At the end of each one of our messages, we take a moment of reflection and response. It'd be a shame to hear the word of God and then not think about it again. Ask God right now, Lord, what, what do you want me to learn from this? Take stock in your own heart. What, what phrase, what verse, what thought, what truth did your heart and mind grab hold of? Did the Holy Spirit point out and say, yes, that?